0: Hey, hey, sister. Welcome to the Rise Up Sister podcast. Today we are going to be talking about three things the Bible says about emotions. Grab your cup of coffee and come join in the conversation. Hey, sister. Welcome to the Rise Up Sister podcast. Come join us as we passionately talk the real talk about surviving domestic abuse making sense of your past, and discovering the abundant life that God has waiting for you. Here's your host, Janae S. Fleming. Good morning, sisters. How are y'all this morning? I hope you are doing fantastic on this amazing day. I am excited about the topic today because um, I find emotions fascinating. Um, Those of you who know, I was a public school teacher and administrator for 19 years. And if there's one thing that you work a lot with in public education, in schools, in classrooms, it's emotions. I mean, everything from, from students, of course, right. Dealing with their emotions. And I, I love, love kids with behavior issues. Um, they are trauma kids. Typically, um, I am fascinated with trauma, obviously, um, I seek to understand them where they're coming from, why they're behaving the way they're behaving, um, what works best with them. I find it a challenge to work with kids that, um, other, other teachers or adults don't find fun (laughs) because they're hard. Right. And so, um, emotions play a huge part of their day when they walk into the school, who knows what happened when they walked before they walked in the door that morning. Who knows what their home life is like? Who knows if they have some adult in their life they can trust? Most of the time, the answer is all negative with those types of kids. Um, And I love them. I absolutely love them. I think one thing I love so much about them is that I can be real with them, right? Like still professional, but, but real. Like, dude, you can't do that. Or talk to me a little bit about this, this, and this and really that's the difference i think when i look back in my role as a teacher in my role as an administrator um dealing with adults are just so much different and there's so many things that you can't do or you can't say as as an administrator as a vice principal assistant principal principal you can't you can't say certain things to people why because your hands are tied Honestly, there was a lot of times that I would have loved to sat down with some of my adults, my teachers, staff, and just said, you can't do that, you know, but unfortunately, and this is a whole nother podcast and a whole nother topic. When you're in businesses or you're in schools or you're in some place There's always fear of retribution. And there was a lot of that. I experienced it myself. And so you tend to be conservative in what you say and how you want to help people and the lines that you cross. Um, And so emotions played a huge part in my career as an educator for so long. And I mean, me with my background and understanding that I come from complex trauma my entire life and looking at how that's affected me and what I have found useful and helpful and trying now to apply it to what I'm doing to help people in the real world where I can be real with them. And I can say, listen, talk to me about this. And I don't have to worry about if they, I mean, if they don't like you, they walk away, <laughs> They don't pay you. They walk away. They don't. They don't pay for your time, and so I w- I've wanted to take a deep dive into what the Bible says about emotion for a very long time. And again, I find it fascinating um, because you see God's express expression of emotions throughout the Bible, and I wanted to pick a few of those pieces out. And you see Jesus is a fully fully God and fully human enter Earth, and you see the emotions that he expressed on Earth, where he's relatable to us, right? And so, anyway, I'm excited to kind of see that. And then, um, as I was digging, also, I started pulling out a few big stories um, for you to go look at, um, where God's people expressed emotion as well, and a lot of times it did not get them where they wanted to be. <laughs> Welcome to our world. Right. Okay. So first of all, I believe that when God created us, he did some of the most incredible work. Okay. When he added emotions to the human equation, like how intricate he was and how just precise he was, how he wanted individuals, not just robots. Right. So he created us full of emotions on purpose and this is the first of three things i'm going to tell you about the bible today okay emotions in the bible so god created us full of emotions on purpose so he could have created robots he could have created people who just followed the rules all the time he could have not given us free will but the bible says in genesis 1 through 127 so god created man in his own image in the image of god he created them man and female he created them So I'm glad he created us as individuals. I'm glad that he allows us to be um, beings that can feel and can interact. We can communicate with each other and we can love each other. I mean, look at all of the inanimate things out there that can do what we do as humans, but the one thing they cannot do is express emotion. And so God and Jesus both expressed emotion throughout the Bible and the real people in the Bible. So let's talk a little bit about first, what God showed us about his emotion. He expressed a range of emotions. Um, The first, maybe not the first, but one of the first was in Genesis 25. And it says, and God saw everything he had made and behold, it was very good. So when we think about that verse, I think about like, oh my gosh, he sat back and he was like, yes look what I created. How do you think he felt in that moment? When he looked back and he's like, he is beautiful. She is beautiful. The the plants and the trees and the flowers and the mountains and the water, all of it is beautiful. And he's so proud. I see proud pride. I see joy. I see love right there in the very beginning. So in Zephaniah 317, he says, he will take great delight in you in his love. He will no longer rebuke you, but he will rejoice over you with singing. How beautiful is that? He expresses his joy by rejoicing. He is expressing love, delight in us. And how does he express that? He sings to us. How beautiful is that? He's like, we, the our, beautiful one, right? He sings to us. So God also expressed anger in the Bible, as we know. I mean, you think about the big events like Noah's Ark. Um, we have uh, anger in Psalm 711, Psalm 78, 59, and first Kings eleven nine through 10. We know that God is a jealous God. He wants no other idols before us, right? He wants him and him only. He is a righteous God. He does everything for, um, for, the, for, the, good, for the good reason, for good reason. Um, and he, he has all of these amazing characteristics, right? And he is just perfection. But when his character is violated, Throughout the Bible, you see themes of that's when he's like, wait a minute. And he gets upset. He gets angry. He wants nothing more to love us for us to obey him. And he wants the best for us. So it's not unhuman for us to express anger and to feel anger. But the key is there's, there's like the key to this, right? Like it's okay for us to express anger and to feel anger. That's perfectly normal. That's how God created us. But the fine line is, is you do, that you don't step over is that you do not let your anger lead to sin. There's a such thing as righteous anger. And we're going to talk about that with Jesus in a minute, but you don't let your anger lead to sin. So that's when we have to step back and we have to check ourselves. Am I going to say something that's going to be, uh, that's going to be rude or disrespectful? Um, taking a minute, stepping back, using some strategies like we did, we use with kids, right? Like count to 10, breathe through your nose, out through your mouth, those types of things. Just making sure that we're checking ourselves, taking a step back. And we're saying, hold up, I'm not going to do anything to lash out to show my anger that's sinful, right? All right, Psalms 145.8 says that the Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love. Doesn't say he doesn't get angry. It says he's slow to anger, but he's very rich in love. So let's move on to Jesus. How did Jesus being, because that, that's more relatable to us, right? Because he was human on earth and so how did he express his emotions here on earth because that that help that helps us relate to him so let's talk about Jesus and Lazarus so Lazarus and Jesus were great friends and um he cried he cried over Lazarus' death and it's interesting to me when you read that scripture is Jesus cried when he found out Lazarus was dead, but yet he already knew Lazarus was dead, right? And he also cried over Lazarus when he knew he was going to raise him back from the dead. But Jesus loved him so much. He expressed that love for him so much that he wept over Lazarus dying. Um, He had compassion. He showed compassion for the crowds. He was very busy. Um, him and, he and his disciples were um, walking around, people were coming, crowds were coming all day long. And we've all had days like that, right? Well, we're just so busy that we forget to eat. Well, Jesus was so busy that day that they had forgotten to eat. They didn't have time to eat, but he had compassion for the crowd. He loved them so much and he knew that he, they needed what he had to say that he made it work anyway. He had compassion for them. Um, Jesus expressed overwhelm and sorrow as he reminds his disciples of his coming death. He knew that he was fixing to die, yet he still he felt sad he was leaving them. Um, and so he felt sorrow over that. He was angry. This is one of the the um, m- one of the no- most known parts of the Bible where Jesus gets so angry, and it was righteous anger, but he gets so angry that he flips the tables over in the temple so just paint that picture in your mind right he's so mad he walks in people are selling stuff in his father's house they're disrespecting his father's temple and he walks over to him and he's flipping over tables and he gets their attention he's like you don't need to be doing this this is not what you do in my father's temple he also expressed frustration with his disciples which i find quite interesting as a leader because i mean leaders do get frustrated with the people that they're working with when they don't quite understand what you're doing why you're doing it and so he was trying to teach them he was trying we're, we're going through matthew in one of our bible studies and I mean, it's very clear, like his frustration is kind of building with them. He's like, golly guys, come on. Like you've seen me work these miracles and you've seen all of these things. Why don't you trust what I have to say? So that's just a few times on earth that, that God, um, I mean that Jesus expressed emotion on earth. And there's a ton of other examples, y'all ton of other examples. All right. So and I picked out a few stories as well for God's people as we read through the Bible. Um I mean, we all know the story of Cain and Abel. Cain killed Abel because he was jealous of um of God's favor on his brother. Uh King David and his lustful emotions for Bathsheba, um and all of the things the consequences that came out uh for that from that. Um, Joseph, who was sold by his brothers, um, when he saw one of his brothers privately in a room for the, for one of the first times, he was overwhelmed. I want to make sure I get this right. He broke down and wept. He was so overwhelmed with emotion and, and joy and happiness from seeing his brother. He broke down and wept. Think of a time when you were so overwhelmed with emotion, good or bad, where you broke down and wept. Think about how that feels. So we feel emotion throughout all of our bodies. Think about how it affects each part of your body whenever you get real emotional about something. Some of us may start to sweat. Some of us may have heart palpitations. Some of us maybe can't speak. Maybe our hearts are racing. Um, I mean, and it can be in good or bad situations, right? But there are all kinds of emotions found in the Bible. There's love, there's fear, sadness, anger, peace, joy, exhaustion, frustration, hate. So many more found in the Bible. Well, doesn't that sound like us? (laughs) I mean, think about like just us walking through one day of our life, how many emotions we feel like frustration with our husbands or overwhelmed with work or um, joy and love for our child, or it could be the opposite. We could be frustrated with our child and happy and joyous with our husband. I don't know. All right. So the second thing that's in the Bible that I wanted to point out about emotion is that God says, fear not. And that is a directive over and over and over again. Don't fear, fear not. So I first wanted to start the, of the with the definition of emotions with merriam-webster because fear is one of the bigger emotions um merriam-webster dictionary says that um, emotions is an essential definition and a full definition uh, or has a full definition and, and an essential definition the essential definition says that emotions are a strong feeling the full definition says that emotions are a conscious mental reaction such as anger or fear that are subjectively experienced as strong feelings, usually directed towards a specific object, and temp- typically accompanied by physiological and behavioral behavioral I can't talk today, sorry. Changes in the body. So let's break that down for a second. So when I I thought about emotions and feelings, right, and The second full definition says emotions are conscious mental reactions. And I'm going to get to the thoughts part in a minute because thoughts play a huge part in emotion. And I think sometimes we downplay our thoughts, but God's very specific about that too. So we'll talk about that in a second, but they're subjectively experienced, which means that's why like with traumatic instances in your life, situations in your life, you may react differently to than other people because it's subjective. You have different filters, you're going to maybe emotionally react to things in a little different way than other people that are around you. Some people can experience the same thing and walk away with two different emotions with it. Okay, Um, and then it's accompanied by physiological and behavioral changes in the body. And that's where like the sweating and all of the, all of the things happen whenever you're angry or upset or you're overwhelmed or, um, whatever emotion you may be feeling. So positive emotions allow us to experience love. They give us the ability to connect and have relationships with others. Think about what it would look like if we did not experience any emotion all day long. How boring would that be? Right. Negative emotions, when they're unmanaged, negative emotions, when we cross the line and we use them in a negative way, can keep us separated from God. And we are unable to experience his full blessings and the abundant life that he has for us. So we have to learn more than anything to manage the negative feelings that we have. That's the hardest thing. I mean, think about, you know, with kids, we have to teach them to uh, regulate their emotions. We have to teach them how they how to regulate their body while they're having those big emotions. And I've always said emotions and big behavior is nothing but a communication. That's it. If we look at it as communication, like these little bodies and sometimes big bodies, as far as adults go, because they can't, they've never learned to regulate, or maybe something's a little bit off because of all the trauma and PTSD that they have, or um, just things that that's happened to them in their life have never learned to really regulate through those big emotions. So let's talk a little bit about fear for a second. Now, me personally, I have struggled with fear my entire life. It's from complex trauma. <laughs> if you really dig in and start understanding trauma, you know that, I mean, we can make things as big as our mind can make them, Okay. So fear is one of the most mentioned feelings in the Bible. So fear can mean a lot. And and I'm not talking about like, I mean, there's a lot of fear in the Bible, but I'm not talking about fear God type of reverence fear. Okay. I'm talking about scared fear, unhealthy fear. There's also a fear that is meant to protect us from harm to keep us safe. I'm not talking about that kind of fear. I'm talking about the spirit of fear, which is directly from Satan. He wants to keep us afraid of everything reason that is not even reasonable. <laughs> and I could tell you some stories about how unreasonable my brain has gotten over certain situations because I let, I did not control my thoughts. Okay. And I'm going to get to that in a minute, but it's a very important piece <laughs> of what, what, what we're talking about. So God warns us about having a spirit of fear over and over and over again. In fact, in some versions of the Bible, it is mentioned. Fear not is said 365 times, which I find very fascinating too, because that's one day, one for every day of the Bible. So every day, I mean, I'm one, I could, I need to read fear not a verse on fear, not every single day of the, of the year. And it would do me good. Now, some versions like the King James version mentioned, instead of saying, fear not, they'll say, be, uh, do not be afraid um, and those types of things. But the idea, um, and in some versions, it's, it stays, do not fear, fear not. All right. So one of the first, um, one of the first scriptures I ever identified with, like I was like, oh, my gosh, I need to, I need to memorize this verse because it just hit me in the gut. I always say like God will hit me in the gut um, because it's just me relating to something or he's trying to tell me something, but it's second Timothy one, seven. And it says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. All right. So the third thing I want to talk about when it comes to emotions in the Bible is that God gave us specific instructions when it comes to managing our emotions. Okay, and I want to start this section off by the story of Adam and Eve, because I find this is interesting. This is, in my opinion, the first time in the well, I mean, the first time in the Bible that's documented that I can find where Adam and Eve are um, swayed in a negative way and felt negative emotion. Okay. So he, when God created Adam and Eve, he gave them specific instructions for living in the garden of Eden. He, I mean, he, he told them you've got dominion over this whole garden. It's yours. You've got this beautiful home. You've got everything provided to you. It is nothing but good except do not eat from the one tree. That's it. That's the only rule you have is to not eat from the one tree, right? So enter Satan as a snake, right? So when Satan talked to Eve about the tree and he's telling her, you could be like God. I'm paraphrasing here. You could understand what God understands. You could, you could think like God. You can have the knowledge of God, right? What he's making her feel inside is that she's untrusting of God now. She feels untrusting of him. Um, she also feels envious. She wants what he has. Why is it that he gets it and she doesn't? She's envious of him. And then that's, that's what and Adam joins in too, right? At the end of the day, God wants us to pour our hearts out to him. That's what he wants. Relationship, relationship, relationship. We want, they want, we, he wants us to trust him. He wants to know and for us to talk to him about our innermost hurts, our feelings, our needs, our wants, our desires. All he wants is a relationship with us. Where when we have these big feelings, he just says, go to him first. We're supposed to go to him first. We're not supposed to go to our neighbor or friend or our mother or whatever. We're supposed to go to him first. And we're supposed to give him our burdens, our anxieties, so he can handle them and he can help walk us through them. Nobody can really do a lot about what we're feeling except for God. Why does he do all of that stuff for us? Why does he want us to do that? Because he loves us and he cares for us and he promises to sustain us. The other thing I want to say here too, is that it's also very unhealthy to pretend you don't have emotion. That's not good at all. (laughs) We have got to recognize and address the emotions that come up in our body. If we push them down and we pretend they're not there, they don't go away. I don't know if you've ever read the book. It's called feelings buried alive, never die. It's by Carol Truman. And she talks about how um, emotions are literally just stored in our body in certain areas. And they've done some research and some science behind, like in your back, certain emotions are stored. If you're feeling something in your arms, other emotions are stored and are, are stored in your body, negative emotion. And so they don't go away. They're just not dealt with. And unfortunately that ends, ends up causing and leading to chronic illnesses in our life. So it's not healthy to not deal with our emotions. We have to deal with them. So God tells us a few other things. He tells us not, uh, he tells us to rest and renew our minds. We have, he, I mean, he tells us to do this. We've got to rest. We've got to renew our mind. We can't go 100 miles an hour all the time and not take care of our mind. Have you ever noticed that like when you're completely exhausted, you've been up since early in the morning and you're, you're going to bed late that you just feel more emotional. Like you're just more irritable. You're just, just not in a good mood. God made us to be, to be filled up, right. For us to rest for us not to ignore us and ignore our bodies no matter what may happen because of it. <laughs> it was it like an airplane, right? Put the put the mask on first because you can't help other people. All right. God also says that we need to take every thought captive. And this is This is a huge one for me because I don't think that we put enough emphasis on thoughts. This is where I was going a while ago. (laughs) I tend to get a little bit ahead of myself. Our thoughts lead to our emotions. If you were to think negatively all the time, you are going to emotionally feel those negative thoughts. That's why it's important for God and for us to run every single thought through him. Take every thought captive put it through his filter, find the truth in it. And then you can continue. Like you're going to cast away the ones that do, you know, good. Or you're going to keep the ones that God says, you know, Hey, this is, this is from me. And honestly, people with complex trauma, this is how their mind works. Like I will tell you in my life, I've, I mean, I will tell myself all the time. One of my coping strategies for anxiety is this is not my story. This is not my story. And I will just repeat this over and over and over again. If I know it's a thought that is not mine, it's not meant for me. I'm going to worry. And I'm going to have anxiety over a certain one little thought that I can make really big because I perseverate on it, or I let it take over my mind. We have to make sure that we talk, we take every thought captive and go to him with those things first, because if it's not, if it's not for good, it's not from God. All right. God also says in the Bible, do not be anxious about anything. And he says that a lot. Um, in fact, I feel like I need to say that again, do not be anxious about anything I know that's easier said than done sometimes, but again, we're going to bring everything through, through God's filter. We're going to go to the father with it. And I talked a little bit about this one a while while ago as well, but in your anger, do not sin. Emotions are normal. How you control them, how you respond to them is what matters the most. Our emotions simply tell us what we're doing, how we're doing, how our heart's doing in that moment in time, because our emotions can change on a dime, right? All right. And then I'm going to end today by talking a little bit about grace, because I think sometimes we don't give ourselves enough grace. I can beat myself up forever about, well, you shouldn't have thought that, or you shouldn't have let that take over, or you shouldn't have responded that way. Um, but when it comes to our emotions, again, they're normal. God created us that way, right? But he's also teaching us lessons through our emotions and how to respond to them. Don't forget that our emotions don't define us. God defines us who we are in him. Our father define us. And I want you to embrace your emotions, embrace them, learn from them, take care of them. They are part of an immaculate, intricate work that God performed when he created us. And I really want you to think about the fact that it's a gift. Emotions are a gift that makes us human. And at the end of the day, God is always has been and always will be all about the biggest emotion of all, which is love. It's the greatest emotion of all. So love yourself, love your family, love God. All right, sisters, until next time, be blessed. Thank y'all so much for joining me on this episode of Rise Up Sister podcast. Go now and join my Rise Up Sister Facebook group where you will find a safe community and helpful resources that will support your spiritual, emotional, and physical health as you walk through this important and sometimes messy journey. Rise Up Sisters, until next time, be blessed.